We're thankful that Gloria can always fill in, too. That's a blessing. She is always ready, and that was a great, great thing. It's a great song that she played, so we're very thankful. Shall we just say a word of prayer before we begin today? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you with sincere hearts today, and we just pray that you will speak to our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We pray that you'll hide me behind the cross, Lord. We know that you have a message for all of us to hear. Pray that you'll give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive it, to put it into use and practice in our lives. We thank you for your word that you have given to us, Lord, in this world to live by. It's totally opposite the way the world lives and thinks and acts. And so we pray that we will rise above, that we will live Christ in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, and that you will just speak to our hearts now through your word. And we just thank you, Lord, and pray that you will cause a blessing in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, it goes to show that we don't have a clue about the future, do we? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, do we? We have, we have no idea. So here's a few quotes of people, and these are knowledgeable people. These are experts now. Get this. The, these are people that really should know all these things. So one man said this. He said, theoretically, television may be feasible, but I consider it an impossibility a development which we should waste little time dreaming about. Lee DeForest, 1926, inventor of the cathode ray tube. He's an expert, right? But he had no clue how it was going to take off. Adel, you'll like this one. I think there's a world market for about five computers. <laughs> Thomas J. Watson, chairman of the board in 1943 of IBM. <laughs> about five computers. We all have about five in our homes, laptops, tablets, and smartphones, and the story goes on. I like this one, too. We don't think that the Beatles will do anything in their market. Guitar groups are on their way out. Recording company expert, 1962. No clue. It's humorous, but we really don't know, do we? When, we, when we, we're living in the present time right now, and tomorrow is future, tomorrow is ahead of us, we really don't know what is going to happen. It's all in the Lord's hands. He's the only one who knows what the future holds. And that's why we can trust in him. And we don't need to worry about it because it's in his hands. We can't see into the future. We can't know what's going to happen. But we trust God because he already knows. He already has it planned out. He knows exactly what he's doing in all of our lives. He has a plan for each one of us, and he's going to work it out for his glory. I love the song by Bill and Gloria Gaither. They wrote that one, and we sing it all the time, Because He Lives. But when you think about the words of the chorus, it says, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Because our Savior died and he rose again and he's a living Savior, we can have comfort in that. We can have encouragement with that. We can know that he's going to be with us over everything and through everything we go through. And that's what's really encouraging to us. You know, our Heavenly Father holds our future in his very capable, strong hands. We don't have to be controlled by luck or fate or chance. We don't have to go by good karma or bad karma. 
We don't have to rely on probability and statistics and all of these kinds of things. For the Christian, all we have to know is the Lord is with us. If he gives us tomorrow, and that's not a guarantee, but if he gives us tomorrow, he's going to be with us tomorrow. And he's going to see us through it. And he already knows what he has for us to do. Someone once said this, times they are a-changing. People, they are a-changing. But God, he ain't a-changing. You know, everything around us is changing. And it's changing on a daily basis so fast that it's hard to keep up with it. You've got to have a, a scorecard to keep up with how fast these changes are coming. Our subject today is tomorrow belongs to the Lord. Tomorrow belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Him. He's given us today to live for Him. And He says, trust me for tomorrow, and I will have a plan for it. Our text today is Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1. Proverbs 27 and verse 1. It says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. It's so true. We don't know. And the three things we're going to look at today is, number one, we can't know the future. Number two, we can't control the future. And number three, we can't worry about the future. It's a simple message, but if we take it to heart, it can encourage us for all the things that we are going through. You know, the best way to prepare for tomorrow is by doing God's will today. That's the best way. And certainly the yesterday's lessons can really help us, and today's lessons can really help us to prepare for the future, but we still leave everything in God's hands because we don't know the specifics. So we can't know the future. And you know, God has done that for us because he's given us many details in the scriptures of things that are going to happen in the future, but he doesn't tell us about our lives specifically that are going to happen. That's the difference. He's told us in the Word, and Sylvia's going to bring this up in the videos, that the rapture's coming. He's told us that we're going to go to heaven and we're going to be with him forever. He's given us some of the details of what heaven's like, who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. But there's a lot of surprises and a lot of things that God has for us that we don't know yet about, and he's going to bless us but especially for the specific circumstances that we go through, we have to trust him for it because we do not know what, the day, what a day may bring forth. But we know we can trust him who does. You know, there's a humorous story, and I like this story. It's the fortune teller and the frog. The frog went to the fortune teller one day, and the fortune teller looked into her crystal ball, and she said, you are going to meet a very beautiful woman. And from the moment she sets her eyes on you, she's going to have an insatiable desire to know all about you. She will be compelled to get to know you. You'll fascinate her. The frog says, where am I, at a singles club? The fortune teller said, no, biology class. <laughs> we don't know the future, do we? We really don't. And sometimes it's better that we don't, because can you imagine if God revealed to us what's going to happen tomorrow, and there were some pretty heavy-duty things there, and some really rough things, accidents, or illnesses, or trying circumstances, it would really terrify us. But he says, just trust me. I'll give you the grace. I'll show you at the needed time. I have your future under control. 
You know, so many people would like to know the future, but no, it's better not to. It's better just to leave it in God's hand. Corey Tinboom, who went through so many difficult trials in, in the Second World War, imprisoned in the Nazi concentration camp, she once said this, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And I really like that. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Because he does know, and he knows what's around the corner and around the bend. You can imagine what Job must have experienced in his life, because here's a man who never had one single trial in his life, right? Everything was great. His business was great. His family was great. His, everything was, was fantastic until the first chapter of Job and the trials started to come. One after the other after the other. Intensity increased and it was so difficult for him. And he didn't know what was going on behind the scenes that God was allowing Satan to bring these trials into his life. But still, he never gave up. He never gave up on the Lord. He trusted the Lord for what was to come. And he said in Job 23, 10 and 11, but he knows the way that I take. When he, has tried, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. Yes, God takes us by the hand and leads us into that future. And that's a comforting thought, isn't it? To know that God takes our hand. You know, when you're a little kid and you're about maybe Parky's age or some of uh, Kylie and, and Addie and Ina and all the little kids, they feel a certain comfort when daddy or mommy takes their hand, right? And they walk with them. They know they're safe. They know they're protected. They know that nothing bad's going to happen to them because they, they got to hold a mom's hand or I got to hold a dad's hand. And that is reassuring. But even in this world, things, bad things can still happen, even when the mother may have the hand of the child, right? We've seen it happen with accidents and things. But when God has our hand, anything that happens to us has to go through him. He has to allow it. And so he's going to be with us. Psalm 73 and verse 23 says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. And that's the blessing of it. So we can't know the future, but we can know the one who does. We can know the Lord and know that he has it under control. We think things bad are going to happen, and sometimes they never do. And so we just trust him for what lies ahead. Secondly, we can't control the future. And this is so very important. You know, they have disclaimers nowadays. And Dave probably, you, you know about disclaimers, right? Because legal ease has to appear at the end of that. Because if they don't put the disclaimer in, they could be subject to a lawsuit, right? So they put the disclaimer in there. Uh, subject to change without further notice. That's a good one, right? Subject to change without further notice. That could be said of true of our lives, if anything, right? Because our lives are subject to change without further notice. And God makes the changes sometimes, and he allows them to happen. And he brings about his will. And you know, God doesn't need our permission, does it? He doesn't come to us and says, Dean, do I have your permission to bring this trial into your life tomorrow? Uh, is it okay? Will it be all right with you if you go through this trial? And no, God doesn't need our permission. He's a sovereign God, and he does what's needed in our life. He brings it into our life. He has a plan and a purpose for us, and so he doesn't need our permission. I love what it says in James chapter 4 and verses 13 to 15 about how we should respond to the future, how we should take it, how we should look to the Lord and trust him for his will. 
It says in James 4.13, it says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city, spend a year there and buy and sell, and make a profit. Sounds good, right? Whereas, though, he says, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. The best laid plans may never come to pass. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. If you want to know how short a vapor is, it's, it's like the, the breath that you see on a very, very cold day. It's there and then it's gone. That's how our lives are in comparison to eternity. That's why we have to trust him for his perfect will in our life. So many times our Heavenly Father says no. He says no. And we don't like no. We want to hear yes. Yes, we like. No, we don't like the word no. Kids grow up, they don't like the word no, do you? I want candy. No, you have to eat your dinner first. I want that toy. No, I've given you these things. It's not time to buy toys today. It's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. And so sometimes no's are hard to take, but God brings sometimes no's, sometimes yes, and the hardest one is sometimes we have to wait. We don't know if God's going to give us that answer tomorrow or not, or we may have to wait another day or another week or another year, and sometimes a long time. There have been people that have waited all their lives for things to happen, and then God has brought about his will, and they are so thankful for God's faithfulness. Now, we all love Jeremiah 29, 11, and it tells us about God's plans and his thoughts for us. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, or I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You know, God gives us a future and he gives us a hope and he wants us just to know that when those things are on the horizon and they look very difficult, whether it's coming up with a surgery or whatever the case might be, or we have to go in for a, a special job interview or whatever it is, we trust God that he's going to do his will in our lives. And we have to rejoice in that. We have to rejoice. And sometimes... When we trust the Lord for tomorrow, we have to realize we're going to have some mountains to climb. There's mountains, and some of them are hills, and some of them are Mount Everests in our life. And sometimes when we face those Mount Everests, those really tall mountains in our life that we can't see above them, they look so ominous, we just have to say, Lord, I can't see the top of that hill, that mountain, but you can do it. You can help me climb it. You can give me the strength to make it up to the top. And sometimes we don't know what valleys we're going to go through, too. We can be doing great, doing great, fantastic, excellent. How are you doing? Great, awesome. And then the next day, boom, something hits. Now I've gone from the top of the mountain down into that dark valley, that valley of loneliness, of depression, of sadness. And sometimes we're down there for a while, but God doesn't leave us in the valley, does he? We're not always going to be on the top of the mountain. We're not always going to be on the valley, in the dark valleys of life, but he's with us. And we don't know what storms we're going to have to go through, do we? Sometimes it, it can be beautiful sunshine like we have out today. The next day, the storm comes, and just the rain and wind and the opposite weather. The weather changes so fast. Our lives can change so fast, but God has a purpose. Also, we don't know what roads we'll have to travel, do we? We really don't. And sometimes it will, God calls us to go down a road we've never gone through before. Lord, I've never been through that before. That's hard. It goes against our, our flesh 
but we have to go and travel that road. Sometimes we don't know what obstacles we're going to have to overcome, and we do have to overcome obstacles too. We can't just go up to the obstacle and say, well, I can't handle this, I'm going back. We have to go over the obstacle. He gives us the strength to do it. They have these special horses where they ride them, and they have these, these courses where they, where they have things they have to jump over. And they say that the horse has a certain look on its eye, and it has a certain way its ears go, and you can know, the rider can know, that that horse isn't going over that jump. It's not going over, because its ears, its ears give it away. And sometimes our ears give us away. We don't want to face it. We don't want to deal with it. We want to go around it. We want to skip it. We, want, we don't want to deal with it. But God says, you've got to face that obstacle, and you've got to face it with my help and with me with you. And finally, we don't know what adversaries we have to face. You know, the devil's always out there, and he uses people too. And we don't know what adversaries we're going to have to face, but we know the future is in the Lord's hands. And praise be to God, because he's with us to encourage us, and he gives us that joy. And you know, when you go through troubles, and you go through trials, and you go through afflictions in this life, what it does is it builds up your faith, doesn't it? It makes your faith stronger. Faith is like a muscle. And the more you exercise that muscle, the stronger it gets, so that then when you try to lift more, you're able to do it because you've gotten stronger. You've built it up. Our faith is like that. It's, a, it's like a muscle that has to be built up. And our faith is like having a bank account of faith, right? And as you go through trials, you deposit, you make deposits into your faith bank account. And so your faith bank account gets grow, grows and grows and grows. And so that when the trials come and the big ones come, we've got something to draw upon. And so the question for us is, how much faith do we have in our faith bank account today? So that when the trials come tomorrow, are we going to be able to handle it? Or is our faith going to cause us to be overdrawn? in our faith bank account. You know, we really have a lot of experience we have to draw upon. May God help us. I love that song, and I know you love it too, that says, He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. Today, right? He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way tomorrow, right? He is able, more than able, to do much more than I could ever dream he is able, more than able, to make me what he wants me to be. I love that because it talks about taking care of us now and taking care of us tomorrow and taking care of us for all the future, which is in God's hands. And finally, we've seen we can't know the future. We can't control the future. That's in God's hands. And third, we can't worry about the future. Some of us are professional worriers. You know, we're, we're better than the average worrier. We're professionals at it. We're really good at it. We've had a lot of experience in worry. We're good at it. And the problem is the Lord says to us, you know, Dean, you might be a good worrier, but that's not what you want to be good at. You don't want to be a good worrier. You want to be good at praying and trusting and leaving it in God's hands. That is what you want to do because we can't... Con we, don't, we can't know the future, we can't control the future, and therefore we shouldn't be worried about the future. How many times do we pace the floor and worry, not be able to sleep because we're worried about something? And God says, you're wasting energy, 
you're, you're not trusting me, and it's convicting. And really, when you come down to it, if you, you, you can't sugarcoat it. Worry is a sin. It really is. Because if we didn't have a God who took care of us, then we could, we could worry, right? We'd have to, things to worry about. It would be justified. But we can't justify our worry when he's got our lives in his care. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, he tells us not to worry about our lives about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, all those things, he says, the Gentiles eagerly seek after. He says, My heaven, our Heavenly Father will give you all of these things. And then he says in Matthew 6, 33 and 34, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So if we live today and seek God's kingdom first, then whatever happens tomorrow, it's under his care. And then in verse 34, it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There's the verse in the, in the New American Standard that says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's true, isn't it? Each day has enough trouble of its own. But God knows, and he helps us with the burdens we go through. And tomorrow is in God's hands. Worrying about it will only cause us fear and anxiety and stress. But when we leave that burden in his hands, he'll take care of it. So I thought about seven things, seven questions we could ask ourselves about tomorrow. One of them is, will I be rich or will I be poor? That's a good question to ask for. But that, again, is in God's hands and its future. Will I be healthy or will I get sick? I'm healthy now, but maybe tomorrow I'm going to get sick. Will I be strong or will I be weak? And sometimes we can feel strong now, but we can be weak. Here's another one. Will I be employed or unemployed? Now, I've been through, you know I've been through this many times. Wayne's going through it right now. You know, you go into work, everything's like normal, right? Just like a normal Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whatever it is, and all of a sudden, that's your last day at the company. Sorry, we don't need your services anymore. We're laying you off. We're letting you go. And it's tough. And that's why we have to leave that future in the Lord's hands. Will we be successful or will we be unsuccessful? Will we be victorious or will we be defeated? Will we be alive tomorrow or will we be dead? The future's in his hands. We don't know. That's why we have to trust the Lord. And the one who has the answers to all of those questions is who? Us? No, the Lord. He's the only one who knows. Someone once said, worry comes through interference with the divine plan. God has a divine plan for us, and our worry can only interfere with that plan. Have you ever been trying to listen to your radio or listen to uh, TV sometimes has interference with things, and then it's, it's, it's fuzzy, it's hazy, it's, it, you, don't, you can't hear it well. And that's what happens when we interfere with God's plans. We try to interfere with it. We try to handle it ourselves and do it our way, and it interferes with the divine plan. Instead, we need to leave that with the Lord and know that he knows exactly what's best. He knows the plan. He's going to carry out the plan, and all we have to do is obey the plan. I liked it in the terms of the analogy of building a custom-made house. Now, you see as you drive along 680 sometime, going north or going south, you see these beautiful big mansions up on the top of the hill. They didn't just get there, right? 
There was a lot of preparation that went into going to make those houses. First of all, you have to have a good architect to design the plans for those house, that house. Then you've got to have a good contractor, a builder that comes along with a crew, and they have to then build the house, and it takes time to put all the finishing touches to it. And then you as the homeowner can move in, and you can enjoy that house. And that's kind of the way it is with God's plan for our lives. He devises it. He carries it out, and all he wants us to do is just trust him that he's going to bring it to pass for us in his will. I like what G. Campbell Morgan once said about this in terms of waiting on the Lord and trusting him for the future and everything. He said this, waiting for God is not laziness. Waiting for God is not going to sleep. God, waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. He says waiting for God means first activity under his command. Second, readiness for any new command that may come. And third, the ability to do nothing until God's command is given. Now, I think that third point is the hardest one. We're okay with the doing, right? First part. We're even okay if we get some new commands that come. That's good. But how about if God doesn't say to move? He says, stay put right where you are. In the Old Testament, when God wanted the Israelites in the wilderness to move forward, what did he do? He brought the pillar of cloud by day, and when as soon as it moved, they had to move. Then he brought the pillar of fire by night, and if it was at night, they still had to pack up and move right away. And so that was God's guidance for them. Our guidance is now by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God and through godly counsel, and he shows us what to do. And we get impatient because we want things to happen right away, but sometimes he says, just wait. Don't worry. There's that old uh, song they used to sing back in the, what was it, 70s, 80s? Don't worry, be happy, right? Nice little catchy little jingle-like. We all liked it, right? Don't worry, be happy. Is that, is that a true song for us? No. You can't just sing a song, don't worry, be happy, when, when you don't have the Lord in your life. If you have the Lord in your life, you can say, don't worry, you can be happy because you can trust God. But you can't go out and sing a song not to worry if you don't have Christ in your heart because you, you're, you don't have him with you. You don't know what that future, that future is not going to be in heaven. And there is a lot of sad situations with that. I read a story about a man named Arthur, J. Arthur Rank. He was an English executive. I'm not sure what year this was, but he decided with all the worries and troubles and problems with the business, he says, you know, I'm spending way too much time uh, worrying about things. You know, because you work five days a week, and he probably even was so busy, he probably even worked seven days a week. So he decided, I'm not going to worry anymore except one day a week. And guess what day he picked not to worry? He picked Wednesday, the middle of the week. He says, I'm not going to worry except on Wednesdays. I'm going to not work. So every week on Wednesday, what he would do is he would take all his worries and he'd write them down and put them in a worry box for the next Wednesday. And so whenever things caused him anxiety or stress or caused his ulcer to flare up, he'd write them down, he'd put them in the box, and then forget about them till the following Wednesday. Well, he found that when he opened the box on Wednesday, to much to his surprise, that many of the things that he had written down on that list, didn't even, they never happened. And the things that did happen didn't, didn't happen the way he thought it was going to be as bad as it was. And so that's a good thing. You know, don't worry except one day a week. Well, Mr. Rank, I hate to tell you this, but to even worry one day a week is wrong. 
And I know we worry, and I know we shouldn't, and we need to remember that God doesn't want us to worry even one day a week. But when we trust him for it, he takes care of us. Proverbs 27.1, remember this verse. It's a good verse to memorize, too. Proverbs 27.1, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. May be good, may be bad, but we know it's in his hands. We don't know the future. We can't know the future, the specifics, the things that are going to happen. We can't control the future. We can't make any changes to what is future, nor can we actually go back and change the past either. So we shouldn't be worried about that. God knows, and he says, trust in me and don't worry about the future. He'll give us the sufficient grace. And before we close today, I want to read a song. You know, it's one of the songs that we're learning in the choir. And I was singing this song because we have it on the tape. We were listening to it. We haven't even memorized it yet. But it's such a great song, and it goes with this message. And it's also in the hymn book in number 437. And I don't think we have it in the computer, but if, if they find it in the computer, they can put it on the screen. But I'm going to read it. If you'll please close your eyes and just let God's Holy Spirit minister uh, to your heart. The title of it is, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. It was written by Ira Stamfield. He wrote the words and the music. It says this, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er the future, for I know what Jesus said, and today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Every step is getting brighter as the golden stairs I climb. Every burden's getting lighter. Every cloud is silver-lined. There, the sunshine is always shining. There, no tear will dim the eye. At the end, at the ending of the rainbow, where its mountains touch the sky. I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty, but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that is my portion may be through the flame or flood, but his presence goes before me, and I am covered with his blood. The chorus says many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Shall we just pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God of tomorrow. You're the one who holds it in your hand. We know that there are some difficult things that we have to experience this week that we know is on our calendar, on our agenda, on our schedule. But Lord, we leave it in your hands. We pray that you will bring us through it, and if those things don't happen, that's fine with us. If they do happen, you're going to be with us. You're going to help us to go through it. We pray especially for our dear sister Sherry, Lord, because that happens to fall on Wednesday, next week, uh, her surgery. This week, coming up on Wednesday. And we really pray, Lord, that you'll bring her through the surgery, comfort her, strengthen her, give her health, help her to get through it. May you guide the doctors. And Lord, for whatever experiences we go through, Lord, we can just say, I know who holds tomorrow. And so we just thank you for your word. 
Pray you'll minister it to our hearts, comfort us, strengthen us, and encourage us. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.